What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Dougster Bob Discussions, where we learn more about BMX together. These are so much fun to just research what's going on, talk about it, and then get your feedback on the YouTube video comments. So in this episode, there's not too many recent events. There's no drama or beef, but there's a ton of upcoming events. There's one really sick rider on the Rider Radar. I also wanted to shout out two people who are always in the live streams. And then uh, a bunch of product releases, two side notes I'm going to talk about, and then we're going to go over the user comments on the video from episode number four. Guys, this is episode number five, meaning that we've been steady posting out podcasts for over a month, and that is really exciting. That's something I've been wanting to do. Staying disciplined with it has really helped me out, and I definitely see the growth. So if you guys enjoy this, please, please, please share it with your homies who will also enjoy it. But I'm going to quit rambling. Let's just get right into it. The Dumpster Bomb Mission. Growing BMX by making it fun and easy to understand. For some of us, it's an escape. For others, it's a passion. But for all of us, it's a lifestyle. I'm glad you're letting me teach you everything that I know about it. So the first and only recent event I have here is the Pedal Action BMX Jam. This jam actually happened yesterday and I was filming the podcast yesterday. So it was like about to be a recent event, but by the time it comes out, it would have been. Uh, I was filming and one of the lights quit working and then the I just like, I don't know. I was just like, I can't do this. I, I gave up. So I'm redoing it today. It's Monday morning. Guys, we had a killer live yesterday. Uh, that That is a recent event. The live was absolutely amazing. We went for almost two hours. Lots of good comments, lots of good questions in there. But Pedal Action BMX Jam. This was a jam in Colorado Springs. And the guys in Colorado are just, they're shredders. They're animals. They have Arvada Skate Park, which is which is massive. They have city-maintained dirt parks. So with dirt jumps, downhill mountain bike stuff. There's just so much there in Colorado. Everyone kills it. I have a good friend from Colorado Springs and actually another good friend that just moved over there. So I can't wait to see the recaps. Like I said, these guys kill it. It's going to be a nice video. I wish I was able to go, but you know, I, I used to always take a trip over to Denver. When I lived in Montana, about twice a year, I'd head down there just to ride. They used to have an indoor skate park called Evolved, which sadly went out of business. Um, I mean, you know, the place they were renting raised the rent and they weren't able to cover it. So they had to close down. And this is really sad. I, I see this happening a lot in the United States. It's really interesting to me because in the UK, there's indoor skate parks in like every single big town. But in the US, they're so few and far between. Granted, the US is a lot bigger, but that's beside the point. I think a big issue here is that a lot of people that live where indoor parks are don't necessarily support it. They think they should get in for free. They think that they're entitled. But dude, you didn't pitch in to build that park. You don't pay rent. You know what I mean? It's very, very, very expensive. The wood, the maintenance, you have to pay employees, you have to carry insurance, you have to pay electricity to light the whole thing. If you run fans or air conditioning, like there, there's just so much that goes into it. So you guys, if you appreciate things like that, pay for it, you know, uh, Otherwise, you lose it. And that's just how it works. So don't be a bad local 
and not support your skate park. Support your skate park if you're lucky enough to have one. But anyway, Evolve could not make the rent because, you know, honestly, they didn't have the support. That's something I noticed. The few guys that were there when I would go, they were the guys that were there all the time and they didn't have to pay to get in because they, I don't know, they finessed their way in or they were there all the time, whatever. But it was very rarely packed with like outside people. In Colorado, everything is outdoors, so you can just get out. You can ride outdoor parks and stuff like that. I'm sure they did great in the winter, but obviously not enough to make up for it. So in the drama and beef section, there is no drama and no beef that I came across. If I missed something, guys, let me know in the comments or shoot me a message because I am really curious about that kind of thing. I think things are kind of looking up, though, for 2021. You know, we started 2021 off with a lot of drama and beef in the BMX world, and now it's kind of slowly resolving. So that could be a very good thing. I don't know. What do you guys think? You think that's a good thing? I, I think the drama and beef is really interesting. It's interesting to see how different companies deal with different things and just things that are going on. So I'm kind of upset, but oh well. We'll carry on. Hopefully there's something, not catastrophic, but something big next week. Now, upcoming events. There's a lot of upcoming events. The first one I wanted to talk about is We the People Battleship Frame Giveaway. Now, I did not want you guys to miss out on this opportunity to win a We the People Battleship Frame. All you have to do, go to We the People's page and follow the people they tell you to follow. Share the post and tag two homies. You can even tag me as one of the homies. I have a handful of friends that have done that. I don't comment on them just because... Um, you know, I don't know. I don't know why I don't do it. It seems like a lot of work and it's free for them. It's free advertisement. They get it. They get a bunch of promotion out of it. And then they only have to give one frame away. I like, I don't even put stickers on my helmet unless someone sponsors me. So that's how I am with my time and my attention, <laughs> but you guys should win that frame. Go over there, win the frame. And, uh, yeah, good luck. If you win it, shout me out on the frame, put a Dugster Bob sticker on there. The second upcoming event, I think actually happened yesterday too, or one of them, um, but this is a whole series. It's the Capital BMX Street Jam. And like I said, it's a whole series. So they're in Atlanta, they're in Nashville, St. Louis, Kansas City, Des Moines, Chicago, Indianapolis, Louisville, Memphis, and Little Rock. They're going to be bouncing around there, those places throughout the next couple of months. What do you guys think about Street Jam series? Like, obviously, those are a lot of places all in the Midwest. It would be pretty impossible to bounce around to every single contest unless you kind of like lived on the road. And what is he, what even is Capital BMX? I've heard of them a handful of times. This guy, Tim Hankins, I think, always posts them uh, in a couple Facebook groups that I'm in. And I, like I said, I can't figure out what they do. I go to the page and it looks like they sell used parts maybe, but they're, they're like a BMX brand. I have no idea, but it's cool. They're, they're doing contests, you know, look, capital BMX right now is doing more for the sport than elite mafia. And, um, what's another one and jet combined doing, doing more than all three of those combined because they're, they're putting out things to get people hyped about BMX, to get people experienced with riding and to, to get groups together. And that is so important because that gets, like I said, it gets more people into the sport. It gets new riders hyped on it. They can give out stuff. I saw Dan's comp was, was supporting it. Dan's posted about it. BMX all the way, all that stuff. If you guys are in any of those areas, try and make it out and let me know what you thought about it. 
I think we'll see a few recaps, but nothing too crazy. The next one is a King of the Jib jam. So this is going to be a lot like the backyard cash jam that Dennis Sanderson did in his backyard with Backyard TV. Only difference is this one is street with some street riders. So they're going to have Chad Curley, Kevin Peraza, Devin Smiley, Colin Vanyark, and Garrett Reynolds. All of those guys kill it. This is going to be crazy. So the way it's going to work is, like I said, just like the Backyard Jam, they're going to each get a turn to go do a little run in, in a street jib spot somewhere in San Diego, I'm sure. And then based on how the judges and the people hanging out there like that run or like that certain trick, they're going to put cash in a cup. They actually, this just happened yesterday too. So it's technically a recent event, but when I wrote the script, it was an upcoming event. So we're just going with it. But um, recap should be out now, guys. So go check that out. The backyard thing was so much fun to watch. I have not got to watch the King of the Jib yet because I have not had time and it just happened yesterday. So I'm going to watch it. I'll talk about it more in episode six. I Here's the one thing I want to talk about is Chad Curley was at the backyard jam, but he didn't actually ride in it. He just kind of hung out. You know, he threw money in cups and stuff. He didn't, didn't shred. Kevin was also at the backyard jam, but Kevin shred did shredded kevin shredded and now kevin is in the street jam shredding this just goes back to every time guys i talk about this i think it is just crazy to be able to do that like be so talented at park that you can compete at a professional level at park and then also be so talented at street that you can compete at a professional level in street it it's it's the top one percent for sure so good job kevin I'm very excited to see this. I love Garrett Reynolds and Chad Curley. It's going to be a good good little jam, good video. So the rider radar is going to be a little different this week. I came across a guy named Juan Trujillo, and he is in Mexico. The guy kills it. But, but here's what's different. So he can do things like he can carve, he can fast plant, he can 360, um, which are you know kind of basic tricks. He can grind. He's a good mid-level rider, I'd say, even a high-level rider. But here's the thing. This man is missing half of one arm. And he uses the part of his arm where his elbow is. Um, so it, it looks like it, it, he was born like that from, from the video I was watching. But it looks like he has his elbow and he can use that to bend. And then just a little bit of the arm past the elbow. So what he was doing is he was riding like that. So one hand on the bars and then bending all the way down so he could grab his other grip with his like elbow. And this would put his face way close to the handlebar. It would bend his back. Like that is not a comfortable riding stance, but he was still able to ride like that, which one is absolutely crazy. He made a good amount of friends, some impressions on people at jams. Crazy. Like we go back to jams and, and what can happen at jams. But Ruben Alcantara, Alcantara made some bars for him with one side rised up so he got some pieces that he had he he butchered some bars together and made a set of handlebars where the side where he only had half of his arm was higher up so he was able to grab on and he was able to shred like that and this was like dude that's solid one for ruben to do that two that's super smart and because of that he was able to progress a lot i guess they reached out to S&M and asked them if they were able to make some like that and and they actually did. So ultimately 
ultimately S&M makes those for him to ride and he doesn't have to worry about bending around like it's perfect for him. It looks really weird, but that's be- like that's because I'm used to my arms being the same length. You know what I mean? If it was different, I would you definitely need something like that. So the the whole point of this story is is that you can literally do anything with this sport, but you just have to put the determination in there. Those guys like, you know, you see the couple guys with one leg that are still riding, like doing 360s and, and I don't know how, you know, I have a hard time doing anything, switching my feet around. So mad respect to them, but they go through that adversity and they honestly, their mentality comes out on top. They're so determined. They're so hardworking and they're able to do a lot more than most people, even with those quote unquote disadvantages. So it's amazing. I'm going to link the YouTube video that kind of tells this story. It's in Spanish, but there's subtitles over it. And you guys should definitely check it out. It's really good to watch and to make you, you know, you feel like you're having a bad day and, oh my God, I can only uh, 180. It's like, dude, well, quit crying and get on there and, and do the, put in the work. You know, these guys are putting in the work and you see the results. So that's crazy. I love talking about that. I love seeing things like that, like people overcoming adversity and, and crushing it. So two more people on the rider radar. I just wanted to do some random shout outs from people in the live stream. So it's going to change every week, but we're going to shout out Beef BMX. He's been messaging me getting helps on some tail whips and he landed one. This is again, this is just because he put in that effort. He was trying them every day, able to make changes and practice them in different ways. He crushed it. And that goes back on the thing is the putting in work thing. Beef BMX put in the work and got the results. Another one is Blake, who is always in the live chats, hyping up everyone and asking good questions, being a good mod whenever he gets the wrench. Uh, I, I love everyone that's a part of the community. You guys are great. So I'm going to keep shouting you guys out, you know, random people each uh, podcast and show the love. The next thing, this was a long one, but it's product releases. So some of these aren't necessarily brand new products, but either innovations, color changes, whatever it may be. The, the first thing is a shadow new colorway on their tires. They have a handful of different tire options, but they came out with a new colorway for all of the tires. It's a dark gray top, so it almost looks black, but it's a little bit lighter. And then a dark red sidewall. You'll see a lot of companies do a red sidewall, but nothing like this. Like this is a really nice dark red. It used to kind of be, it would fit perfectly with my old color scheme on my bike. However, I've changed it around, so that's not going to work. But they look really sick. Check those out. I have a friend from Chile that is sponsored by Shadow, and he gets the, uh, what do they call them? The light, lighter tires. Are they featherweights? I think they're featherweights. He loves those tires. They're, they're solid. They're so light, and they actually grip pretty good. He's a well-rounded rider too. So park, dirt, street, everything like that. Those tires hold up. He kills it. The next product is a Sabrosa Young Rose Frame. This is an 18-inch aftermarket Sabrosa frame. And the sad reality is most 18-inch frames are kind of junk. Most of them aren't that great. And this one is built to a different standard. I mean, a handful of aftermarket 18-inch frames are built to a really high standard. But these are 
they put in the effort for some of these where most of them are just, you know, they don't have heat treated cremale. They don't have um, gussets. They don't have things like that to really emphasize the strength in the 18 inch frame. There's only a really small handful of riders who are that size that need something that quality. But nonetheless, it's an option now. I don't think there's any 18 inch riders here, but I had to throw it in there because it is a new product release. Now the third one is this S&M Slide Pipe V2. It's a $250 rail and it came out in 2016 if I remember right for the uh to compete with the Shat what is it? The Sabrosa Street Rail. S&M decided to make their own version, good for them, bring that competition up, but I never heard of the S&M Slide Pipe until they came out with the version 2, which is a little bit better and you can adjust the height on it. So I hadn't heard about it until I came across it like recently and I was like, well, that's crazy. But the, the one thing I wanted to point out is the, the promo for this is super funny. It's uh, Kareem's world and he's just talking about the, the promo. It's just funny. You have to check it out. The fourth one is a radio sonar MTB free coaster. The guy that runs We The People posted this and I, I looked at it and I said, this is interesting because to my understanding, there's not, you know, maybe there's one or two, but there's not very many free coaster options for mountain bike. And as hardtail mountain bike transitions into being a lot like BMX in skate park aspect, you know, they've, they've always killed it on dirt jumps like BMX. But when they start transitioning into the skate park aspect, which we're seeing more and more of, the free coaster is going to add to their riding style. It's going to be pretty unique. So radio is a lower quality brand. They're not like they're not high end like we the people but they're using the same internals as the we the people hybrid free coaster so th the chances are it's going to be very similar to the hybrid um hybrid free coaster in terms of quality now the price since it's in the mountain bike aspect is probably going to be a little more maybe we the people will comment and let me know what the price is on the radio sonar mountain bike free coaster but what do you guys think about putting a free coaster on a mountain bike i Hmm. It, I don't know. I I think it's kind of it it'll open up a lot of new trick options, but it kind of defeats the purpose of a, a actual mountain bike. Mountain bikers don't ride street, but you can do a lot like look at Pat Casey with with a free coaster in the park. It's very interesting. All right, so the last product release is actually more of just a color release. It's a matte pale mint color from Kink. And in the picture they posted, it has the sprockets, pedals, bar ends, stem, and seat post, all in that color. To me, it's a very festive Easter color. I'm not sure what kind of colorway you'd run with this. Having these accents on your bike, I don't know what your main color makeup would be, but people are very creative. They could come up with something pretty solid. Uh, it wouldn't be something I'd run on my bike, but just to let you guys know, that is an option out there. All right, so a couple of side notes. Uh, I read this book every night before I go to bed, like a, a few chapters from it. It's uh, The book's 100 years old. It's kind of funny how old it is, but I came across it and I was like, okay, I'm going to get it. And, but, but here, let me read this part of it, okay? There are hundreds of wealthy business concerns today who are slowly dying from dry rot because they have not the nerve to break away from the precedent that built up their business. They let sediment overweigh common sense. They maintain the same old lines and follow the same policy because that policy years before, years before things made them successful. 
And when I read that, I really thought about a lot of the BMX industry. Times have inevitably, inevitably, <laughs> times have inevitably, and in, <laughs> that's embarrassing. Times have inevitably changed, uh, especially due to COVID, but just in the last little bit. Manufacturing processes have become easier. More people have been wanting to get into BMX. So there's a lot of things changing. And when I do say, let's like compare the two, right? We the people is very good at the innovation aspect. And maybe they're a newer company than Fit. I honestly don't know too much about BMX history. I don't know how new they are in terms of everything, but very, very good at innovation. They're not afraid to try something and, you know, maybe people hate it. Maybe they get backlash. Maybe, maybe they love it. They're not afraid to try something and throw it out there and, and take that risk to catapult their company. Whereas Fit, you know, you don't see any innovations like that, especially the last few years. Uh, I mean, over the last many years, Robbie Morales left Fit because it became more about the money and not necessarily about the product quality and and the BMX funds. So Robbie went, he started Colt. And you can tell how wildly successful Colt is versus Fit. And to me, Fit is following exactly what that quote says. They're sticking to what got them where they are, and they're too afraid to break out of moving into what could get them where they need to be. So I also feel the same way with BMX shops being anti, I mean, the whole BMX industry is anti e-commerce. You know, you can't ship on Amazon. You can't sell on Amazon. You have to have a storefront, da, 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 da. There's a lot of stipulations to it that is going to cause BMX to go through a really rough patch when it comes time to people. E-commerce is growing. People are used to buying online. People want to buy online. It's a lot easier to buy online. Amazon has bike services where you can get a mechanic to your home to fix your bike, to work on your bike, to build your bike. Like shops are almost obsolete and they, they could very well become obsolete. And right now the whole industry is kind of just fighting that process instead of embracing it and figuring out how to change. So a good handful of people who are not good at pivoting with that uh, say fit, for example, are going to have a tough time. Whereas people like we, the people who can pivot with change and come up with new ideas are going to have a very easy time maneuvering the industry here in the next couple decades, things like that. I love to talk about and think about because it's how it changes, man. Uh, God, like, yeah, I'm sure shops were amazing things in the seventies, eighties and nineties before the, the internet boom, but now everyone's buying online. Um, the only thing is the, the maintenance, but that could easily be fixed. So I don't know. I, those are the two I look at. I also think about animal versus odyssey. I think animals very stagnant. They're stuck to what they're doing. They're not, um, innovating. They're not inspiring. They're not growing. Whereas odyssey is coming out with things, you know, 25 millimeter forks used to be the steepest, you know, and they said, Oh, let's try 15. Maybe no one's going to ride 15, but people loved it. People embraced it. And without trying that, they wouldn't be a step ahead. So you think about that as you guys go, like, because the reason, the reason this is important in terms of you guys is like, do you want to buy for a brand from a brand with a warranty that might not be around in three years? Like, let's say they go out of business. Let's say they quit making stuff because they can't keep up with the changes. That warranty doesn't mean anything. I talked about this with Barrick. He's like, well, I'd rather have 
have this brand's warranty than this brand because I don't think this brand's going to be around very much longer. So that is something very serious to think about. The other thing, this is a question for you guys, leave it in the comments, but what do you think about the growth of BMX recently? I talked about this in the live because Sean brought it up to me and he said he thinks that BMX is on the verge of a boom and I never really considered it. I always thought, you know, the out of stock bikes and the growth of the sport was due to people being home and because of COVID, but maybe that's not actually the case. Maybe people are uh, more and more people are getting into the bikes like maybe that's what triggered it but now seeing your friends on social media do it, it it gets a lot of people into the sport so what do you guys think is going on there do you think it it's just a covid phase do you think it's actually like we're gonna hit the boom that happened in the is it the 80s or the 90s with the the hoffman whole the whole hoffman thing i don't know i'm hoping that there's a bmx boom because that's my whole goal is to grow the sport get people into it and the sports changed my life. So the more people that get into it that can experience BMX, the better. But are you guys noticing it in your areas? Is it picking up, you know, or is just the BMX industry seeing the bike sales increase? Who knows? Okay, so I have four comments. Good, good comments from the last live video. These guys commented on YouTube. Chris Till said, I don't think making a more more professional freestyle environment will take away the more relaxed side of BMX. I think it will work really well and they'll continue to complement each other. This is a really good input because, you know, in the last podcast, we talked about uh, ABA coming in and creating a BMX freestyle branch where they can run competitions and everything like that. Uh, this, this runs parallel with Olympics and all that stuff. So Chris is saying that he doesn't think that by doing that, you're taking away from the fun aspect of BMX. and that's a good input, Chris. Good way to look at it. The only way I think for a lot of people to fully understand it is to be on both spectrums, uh, get into a contest, you know, and see how it makes you feel. Some people are built for it. Some people aren't. Some people enjoy it. Some people really enjoy the street jam type stuff or just the chill aspect. But I do think that if we want more in the BMX economy and the BMX industry, we really need to have that growth in the competitive sector because that's what people watch that's what people tune into and that's where sponsors happen so good input chris i appreciate it shinobi ken is always on the lives and shinobi says also a good idea to add links to topics products and events that you're talking about in the description i'm very embarrassed to say that i never thought of that before so i will start doing that i don't think there's a way for me to do it on the podcasting platforms but on the youtube versions for sure you guys will be able to click in the description and check out those links to what I'm talking about. So you can actually see it without having to, to hurt your fingers and do a, do a Google search. Ride Lifestyle says, I want to be a well-rounded rider, but there's only two skate parks in my city, which are really far and super crowded. So it's impossible to practice there. And the only way for me is street, but I'll mixing it with a little flat land. I totally get what you're saying, man. That is tough and nothing is worse than riding a packed skate park. So if you're able to get out and practice those street skills instead of sitting around the skate park waiting for a run, more power to you. I think it's really cool that you're mixing in some flatland because that does still add to the well-rounded rider aspect. So good job, man. Appreciate the input. All right. I know I said there was four. There's actually only three. Those are, those are some good comments. You guys leave your comments on this video. 
what you thought about the episode so I can talk about it and just mention it in episode number six. This is super exciting, guys. And you know, for the outro, I don't really know what to say yet. I just keep kind of rambling. Um, yeah, so that's the podcast, guys. I hope you have a great rest of your week. This will be out. Uh, you're listening to it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, all that good stuff on Tuesday morning. And then on Wednesday morning, it is out in video form. You guys are amazing. Keep supporting the community. Keep uh, killing it. Keep riding. Have a great day. Peace.